Welcome. You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach Katherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hello, hello. How are you guys? How's the day? I'm so good, you guys. It's springtime in Austin, which means the temperatures for the next, like, oh mm, no, 90 days are going to be like a glorious 75 degrees. And then it's going to be like 100 degrees for six months in a row. But who's counting? You guys, there are so many blow your mind, amazing things coming in the business over the next year. I just hired my first OBM and she is amazing. And you guys that are coming into the next round of the mastermind, we are busy like two little squirrels preparing for the winter, getting ready for you guys. I am going into massive creation mode and you guys are in for such a treat. And she's going to help me put all the genius into a really wonderful structure. So I don't want to spoil any surprises. So that's all I'm going to say. But get ready, masterminders. Christmas is coming. And then... On the personal front, my kids are on spring break this week. And honestly, when the year first started, my husband and I had totally been planning to loom for this week. But just given where things are on the COVID front, we just decided to hunker down and stay at home. So I got my kids spring break snacks and they're super excited about having juice in the house for a week. My my one-year-old, it's very cute how he says apple juice. So we've been cutting it with half water. But anyway... I am also super excited. My husband and I are going to sneak away for a night to a retreat. I've been really interested in attending. So we're going to go just be a couple for a couple days, which is going to be really nourishing and wonderful. Anyway, that's what's going on with me. Let's get down to business, you guys. Today is going to be a more personal episode because I'm going to be sharing and unpacking what my process has been and is as I scale from the half million dollar mark to the million dollar, multiple million dollar level in the next year. Well, million dollar in the next year and then multiple millions after that. And I'm not covering what it looks like today in terms of strategies and process, although there will for sure be lots of that too, but I want to cover the most important angle of it today and that is identity. Everything you say, everything you do, all of the decisions you make and the plans you make for your life flow down from who you believe yourself to be in this world. And so last week we covered the angle of the wizard, right? Like really moving from that good student turned good employee mindset of finding the one right answer outside of you to finding just the right person with the right formula to follow so that you can be successful to shedding all of that and just moving into thinking like an entrepreneur, recognizing that you're the wizard and you choose where to point your wand. That's root system level identity change. And as I came into this work, it became so evident how our personalities, our beliefs, all of it, are by and large just a result of our past experiences. We come out of the womb with some very small foundational stuff, like the bare bones skeleton frame of who we are. But everything else on top of that is just learned. And if most of who we are in the world has just been a result of who our parents are, who our third grade teacher was, who our next door neighbors or closest communities were, who our ancestors were, and the trauma they experienced, and what Disney princess movies we watched, right? We're all just like little ducklings that imprint onto whatever we see. 
Like, you know how you've seen those funny images of ducks that like imprint onto dogs and start following them around or whatever? It's exactly what happens to a zebra that is born and then put through years of training to be a horse. Actually, I don't even know what podcast to reference. If you're new to me, you might be super confused. But basically, entrepreneurs are zebras, employees are horses, and we are brought up in horse training school, right? It's confusing at first as you're like, wait a second, I don't really think this employee thing is for me. But it's not just that where we've been imprinted. Like, just think of a few random examples. If you grew up in the Northeast of the United States, your style of communication will very likely be very different than if you were born in the South. People in the Northeast are generally much more direct in their communication style. And I don't know, Southern people, some Southern people, right, might just find that super abrasive if we were going to talk in like general terms, right? Like we could literally make a study. There's lots of studies on communication, right? And people from different parts of the countries and how they communicate differently. So that's an example, right? Is that communication style really who you are or is it just an uninvestigated imprint? I've talked about how studies show women will only apply to jobs when they meet 100% of the qualifications, whereas men will apply when they meet 60%. So is that just who women are? Or is that just an uninvestigated imprint? Likely lots of uninvestigated imprints amplified and compounded over time. Or let's talk about like the silliest, most simple things. Growing up in my home, my mom decorated our house with Chippendale style furniture. Does anybody else here know what Chippendale style furniture is? You guys, it's like furniture that royal people used in the 16th century. I'm not even kidding. You should go Google it. The style of furniture came from the 16th century. And my mom had furniture that looked like this in my house growing up. And it does look super fancy. So then when I grew up and I moved to San Francisco and started making money where I could buy like non-IKEA furniture, I found myself being drawn to Chippendale style furniture. It reminded me of the East Coast and it reminded me of my mom. So I spent like thousands of dollars on this English tea table set that looks like English royalty would have sat on it hundreds of years ago. And sure, it's like a really lovely table and chairs. And I love seeing all of that stuff in my mom's house. But that's actually not me. It was just an uninvestigated imprint from my childhood that I then carried into being on my own as an adult. So those are just a few examples, some silly, some like much larger sort of societal constructs, right? With the across the board principle, just being consciously aware of what your imprints have been and to investigate them on purpose and make sure you like them. Make sure they spark joy for you. Make sure your imprints, how you have been imprinted by the people around you, by the location you've grown up in, by your nine to five industry, whatever the thing is, right? Like make sure that those things support and align themselves with who you want to be in this world and the legacy you're here to create and question every single thing that stands in the way of that. Like maybe you're really smart, but you're also very quirky and you tell yourself that those two things are in conflict. And so you suppress that piece of yourself because you've been conditioned to believe that smart people are supposed to present themselves in X, Y, or Z way. Any place where you're telling yourself you should do or be something or you have to do or be something 
is a clue that it's not yours and you're just trying, your brain is trying to conform you into something. It's trying to put you into an imprint. And the wild thing is that most of us spend our lives doing that so often and so deeply that it actually feels like it's a part of us. We just glue these unexamined and often shitty things to our sense of self. And then we wonder why we have trouble living the life we actually want to live, having the results we actually want to have in our life. And so the way I teach branding in my mastermind is through unpacking all of the corners of identity and deciding on purpose who you want to be in the world and literally becoming that person. It reminds me there's a Cary Grant quote. He was like a famous actor from decades and decades ago. Um, he said, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be until I finally became that person or he became me. And this isn't like fake it until you make it because fake it until you make it implies that you're being somebody you're not. This level of identity work is where you get to actually become who you actually are in the world in your highest and fullest expression, oftentimes for the first time in your life, because you're finally unpacking all of the weird uninvestigated imprints that you just took on accidentally but when you actually look at it and consider it, you realize you don't want them. So it's not really like fake it until you make it. It's actually like stop faking it. <laughs> Anywhere where you're telling yourself you should or you have to is just an area where you're faking something. Like if your brain has any resistance to the concept, to the idea that you just get to decide on purpose who you want to be in this world and become that person because it would feel like you're being an imposter or a fraud or who do you think you are, I want you to play with this in your mind. If you bought someone else's house and then went to move in and then it turned out that when you got there, that they hadn't moved any of their furniture out. They just like left it there for you. Would it make the house less real for you to get rid of that furniture and decorate it in a way that reflected your style? Would it make the house less authentic to get rid of that furniture? Would you be an imposter for redecorating the home? Or would you actually just be in the process of making the home yours? Really sit with that for a moment. Because the cauliflower between your ears, that's your brain, guys. It's just full of a fuck ton of other people's furniture. And when you finally turn on the lights in there and see it for what it is, you're going to want to redecorate. My husband and I have talked a lot about this because my transformation over the past couple of years has been pretty insane. If you guys haven't heard the podcast interview I did with him, you can go back and listen to the episode from last November 3rd called A Peak Inside. But the mindset work I've done on myself to be the person I want to be in the world, to have the worldwide impact I want to have and make the amount of income that reflects that, it's totally changed the fibers and the fabric of our marriage and the dynamics of it. And I haven't even specifically worked with a marriage coach. It's just as you do this deep level identity work, you just how we do one thing is how we do everything. You just are a different person. And because in order to create the gigantic results you want to create, you have to surrender to that identity of yourself, of that version of yourself that's able to create that. 
and let go of any imprint you have from the past that doesn't support it and cultivate new ways of being in the world that do. And you guys might remember if you listen to that episode, I think we talked about it in that episode anyway, but my husband was a philosophy major in college. We're a pair of deep thinkers. And the thought experiment my husband raised to me as we were like one night just sort of talking about how radical my transformation has been as just a human being from the fibers of my being and, and like just the smallest characteristic changes, right? When we discuss identity is the ship of Theseus, which is a thought experiment that philosophers like literally Plato investigated thousands of years ago in exploring what it means to be you. What is identity? So the ship of Theseus was a famous battleship in ancient times, and it was used for many years in many great battles. But of course, as the years went by, some of the pieces would begin to rot. So the sailors would replace the old pieces with new pieces that kept the ship in top shape for its next battles and adventures. But of course, over time, every single piece of the ship was replaced until the ship sailing into battle had no pieces in common with that original ship of Theseus that had set out when it first set sail in its first battle many years prior. So is it even the same ship? I know we're getting pretty existential, but let your mind go there. What pieces of you will always be there? And what pieces of you are just imprints you haven't examined and replaced on purpose yet? That's the first step. Seeing that pretty much all of your identity is up for grabs. It's all just been a mental construct. And this step of seeing that is important because here's the deal, people. You can't rip the skin off a snake. And so this is the first step of detaching from all of these pieces of your identity, it can feel a lot like shedding a skin. And it feels a whole lot better when you aren't attached to old pieces of your identity. If you're attached to like old pieces of your identity that don't serve you and aren't in alignment with where you're going, then it's going to be like ripping the skin off of a snake. You're not going to be able to actually shed it. So many people attach to negative imprints and things that don't serve them and things that won't help them get where they're going. And they glue that to their sense of self. And then they're, they're more attached to being who they've always been. And it keeps them from shedding that skin and becoming who they actually on purpose want to be in the world to achieve the great things in this life that they feel deeply called to do. So let's dive into an example of how this could show up. Let's say you have a fancy corporate job. And your mom and dad are super proud of you for all the promotions you've gotten there. And every single time they call you, they ask how the job is going. And you hear them when you go home. They like to brag to their neighbors about how you're doing. But you feel really called to start a business doing something more artistic or something more in the realm of like holistic wellness or something where your parents just wouldn't get it or they wouldn't be super delighted and they wouldn't have anything to brag to their friends about anymore from their perspective. If that were your life, that would likely be affecting you. Because if your brain believes in order to receive love, you need to be that person that you're sitting in your cubicle pretending to be, 
then your brain is going to be attached to keeping that old identity. Because to step into your new identity might mean, right, what your brain might make it mean is the absence of that parental love. And that would be really scary. But once you bring that construct into your conscious awareness, you can actually begin to question it. Do you actually think your parents would really stop loving you? And here's the thing. Even if your brain says yes, would you still promise to love yourself and have your own back if that's what you really feel called to do in your lifetime? Or let's say you're a super overwhelmed person with all the busy badges for all the things you do, and you get a lot of sympathy from your friends, from your parents, from society for just being so overwhelmed. Things are just so hard. Are you willing to give up feeling overwhelmed, to give up that identity of being an overwhelmed person and the sympathy you've gotten from people for it and trade it in for taking responsibility for creating things that might be really hard to create? And then instead of people sympathizing with your overwhelm and oh, of course it makes sense to delay the things you want because it's all just too hard. You trade that in for choosing to do hard things that get you where you deeply want to go. And then people don't have sympathy. They just generally seem confused. Why is this person choosing to do these hard things? This doesn't make sense. Here's the thing though, your brain probably likes the sympathy. It might be addicted to the attention from identifying as an overwhelmed person. So are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to look at every single facet of your being as just like, oh, I'm just like a snake and I can just like release myself, my attachment, all of these things to myself. And then that just becomes like a skin that I shed. Are you willing to look at investigate and detach from every single facet of who you've ever been in this world if it stands in conflict with the person you want to be, who creates the results you know you're capable of. And that has been one of my biggest superpowers, both as a person doing this work on myself and then as a coach helping others do this same process. I've had a few iterations of this process and I'm so excited. I'm going to be diving deep into it for my masterminders in this next round so they can get a sense of the steps and process of what it looks like going from employee to million dollar entrepreneur. But today we're going to like, we're going to skip the sausage making and just skip to what does it mean to create a million dollar brand? And what I want to start with is you have to start with who is your million dollar self? And so as I came into doing this work, the question was just like, ooh, who is million dollar me? Who on purpose do I want to be at a million dollars? At this point, I can't even remember who said this. And I want to attribute it to my coach, Stacey Bayman. I don't know. I feel like I've heard her say it. Maybe she heard it from somewhere else. If I'm off, someone please tell me where to attribute this quote to. But one quote that stuck with me is that the fastest way to create what you want is to decide who your future self is and become them as quickly as possible. I'm going to say that again. The fastest way to create what you want is to decide who your future self is and become that person as quickly as possible. So I've been doing that with my million dollar self. 
Because the Catherine who scaled her business to multiple six figures isn't the same Catherine who will have a multi-million dollar business. I've been spending time getting to know her, probably for the last six months or so. And each time I spent time with her, I unlocked another piece of her to the point of like striking detail. Like for instance, I knew at a million dollars, I would be calmer, more relaxed. And then I explored all of the ways that that would specifically look for me and the tiniest nooks and crannies of my day. And one of the ways I identified, which is going to sound so silly, but has made such a huge, insane difference, is my experience of just eating a meal. My experience of sitting down and savoring a meal. I started noticing after I was like, oh, okay, like she would be a lot calmer. I just started noticing, where am I not that? And it was interesting to just notice how rushed I was compared to who I am on purpose, like who I will be in a million dollars. And I intentionally slowed myself down. And it's so interesting because I remember seeing in a documentary once, uh, they literally showed the times, like the average time an, an American person versus a French person in eating a meal. And the point was about how Americans have been conditioned to just shovel things into their face on-the-go meals and the hustle mentality and literally not even stopping to eat. But at the time, I didn't then really take the time to begin observing how I was totally doing that. It was just an uninvestigated imprint from my culture. So I started to notice that the moment I stopped consciously eating, like just chewing slowly and savoring my food, my unconscious tendency would be to go back to not chewing my food as thoroughly and not really taking the time to savor the bites that I was eating. And this might sound like the weirdest, tiniest detail, but it has really changed my life. How many meals do we eat every single day? And I had been spending all of that time, every single one of those meals, unconsciously shoveling things into my face to just hurry on to the next thing not being really present with the food in front of me. And at a million dollars, at multiple millions of dollars, I would be calmer at that plate. I would be more relaxed. I would be more present. Monk and queen energy, baby. And so the way I eat my meals was standing in stark contrast to that. And so started being more conscious with the way I was eating. And that transition to being more deeply present, more deeply calm, started to infuse itself into so many other areas. The way I parent my children, the experience of the last launch I had, which you guys would have heard, I guess it was two weeks ago now, the $200,000 launch. If you haven't heard that, it's a good episode. I would go listen to it. There have been so many other changes too within my marketing, the way I run the business, and even the ways that my husband and I explore intimacy has changed. But the weirdest thing was happening. I was having all of this intense internal change, but I couldn't see myself at a million dollars, at multiple millions of dollars. I couldn't see how I would look different, how I would dress differently, how I literally appeared differently externally, which was a big change from former iterations of the identity work I've done with myself. I've been very very meticulous and present with identity work like the entire time I've done my business. And the last iteration of myself I had worked on was myself at multiple six figures. And she came to me, I got to know that Catherine very quickly and it was crystal clear. 
She was bold. She was fiery. And it's not accidental, guys. It's not unintentional that last year you saw me very consistently wearing red. That was a very clear vision I had of the facet of myself I was cultivating and embodying. Ship of Theseus style, dropping off old pieces of myself that I didn't need or want to take with me to multiple six figures, and then adding on new pieces that just happened to be painted red. (laughs) But at multiple millions, I just wasn't seeing anything different about how I dressed and looked. And it was very disconcerting because my previous iterations of identity work had had very clear visual external markers. And so one day I was talking to a couple girlfriends about it because I had scheduled this branding shoot and I was completely, utterly at a loss as to what to wear. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I wasn't going to wear anything. No clothes, no bright lipstick like I normally do. No big, fabulous earrings, which I have become so well known for that my clients send me big, fabulous earrings as gifts. Because for the first time in my entire memory of myself and my life, I was finally deeply, powerfully at home in my own skin. For the first time, I don't feel the need to take on anything more or different than I am. Because who I am in the fibers of my being is so awe-inspiringly substantial. I think I've said it a couple podcasts in a row now, but it took years to be this effortless. And that doesn't mean that I'll stop loving big fabulous earrings or red dresses. It just means that when I look at millions of dollars, right, this is the facet within me that wants to be acknowledged and honored right now. And it's funny because when I booked the photo shoot, I had no idea when I originally booked that I was going to want it to be a nude photo shoot. So when I decided I wanted to do that, I checked in with a photographer. And then, of course, it it was totally a thing that she did because why wouldn't the universe line that up? And so I did the damn thing. I booked a location, closed shoot so that other people wouldn't be wandering around. And it was one of the most empowering experiences I've had certainly in my business, but I would say even in my entire life. The power I felt and have felt since that experience, the confidence that I have, the zero fucks. Like I thought I was, you guys saw me, this was maybe six months ago, I had my first episode on zero fucks. This was like some next level of surrendering to that. It felt like I was stepping into being a woman for the first time in my life despite being 36 years old, despite having had three children, it was this next level exploration of surrendering to who I am, of not pretending to be anybody else, and the enormous freedom that comes from just fully embracing that. What's so interesting is that the nude photo shoot happened and they were initially going to be a part of the launch that I just did. I had this whole angle and theme I was gonna play with using the photos. But then with the snowmageddon, the polar vortex that came through and like really impacted Austin, the timeline shifted and I wasn't able to get the photos in time. But the thing is, it didn't even matter because me just 
doing, the act of like, probably the shift happened probably the moment it hit me, right? That I wouldn't be wearing anything. And then just doing the photo shoot was like the symbolic surrender to the shift that I'd had the moment I realized that I wasn't going to wear anything. But it was that like surrender, right? Finally into that multi-million dollar version of myself. And I want to be super clear. That doesn't mean I did the photo shoot. And then my brain was 100% supportive and excited about it. Like you guys, I feel like the journey of my business has been, tell me if this sounds familiar to any of you. My soul is just constantly like, we're going this way now. And the best I can do is just coach my brain to get on board as quickly as possible. But when you're committed, this sometimes means taking the action while your brain is screaming and just allowing for that and not expecting anything else. If you're committed to doing big things in this world, your brain will often scream. That's totally okay. It's sort of like if you have kids, how they're totally allowed to scream for candy when you're going through the checkout line at the grocery store. But as a good parent, it's your job to do what's best for your kid and not just give them what they're screaming for. Your brain is always gonna scream for you to stop and to not do the thing and to stay comfortable and to be the same. Like listening to that is like the same thing, right? When parents stop and then like give their kid all the candy, you don't do that. That's not what the good parent does. We, we care about our children and we feed them good, healthy foods. We care about ourselves and our future. And so we don't allow our brain that has just like been running all of these uninvestiga- uninvestigated like imprints to drive the show. Ship of Theseus As you sail to where you're going, you will find the screaming parts of yourself. It's the thing, guys. Some of you guys are waiting to get your ship on the ocean. You're going to need to start sailing sometimes, and then it's going to become very clear very quickly where the screams are coming from. (laughs) And then you just get to go and be like, oh, what's that piece of myself? What's that uninvestigated imprint? And you're going to want to look at that, let it go, and replace it with a new part that aligns with who you wanna be in the world that gets you to the goals that you have and the legacy you're here to create. Like my brain totally thought it was unnecessary to do this photo shoot. It's like, "Mm, you're a business coach. I don't know, this doesn't really make sense. My brain was like, "Mm, I don't know, I think you can scale. You can for sure scale to multiple millions of dollars without getting naked on the internet. Gave me all of the examples of people that it knows have done that. It's like, I don't think you need to do this. So do I really have to? And my brain has thought like it'll be too much or it'll turn current clients off or current parts of my audience. And so come on, do you really have to? And my answer to myself on purpose is that I do because it's my most honest truth of who I am. And part of my promise to myself is that I won't lock away and reject pieces of myself in order to conform to some arbitrary fucking model of what success is supposed to look like, in order to try to manipulate other people's perceptions of me so that they will perceive me to be more likable or more agreeable just based on this totally arbitrary imprint that we've both received and just haven't investigated. Ship at Theseus, let it all go. I'm letting go of those parts of me that have been taught to do that, the pieces that whisper to me when I should be ashamed of myself or that I should be someone different than I am, 
And I also coached myself to be so abundant that I am willing to let go of whatever people are attached currently to those old pieces of myself that are coming off the ship so that I can just keep on sailing. And while I keep on sailing, I will call in the people who are vibrating at the frequency of where I'm going. So that's who I want to call in. That's the frequency I'm going to start giving off. That's the frequency that I'm committed to calling in. It's totally normal to feel scared. When you come into entrepreneurship, especially when you're committed to playing at that higher level of six, multiple six, seven figures, your brain has no past data to reference. And that's how the brain creates future projections. It takes data from the past and it extrapolates it out to try to predict the future. And as you do this deep identity work, ship of Theseus style, it's normal for your brain to feel afraid, to leave the comfort of what's normal for your family line, to leave the comfort of what's normal for your past friend group, or maybe even your current friend group, to leave the comfort of what's normal around creating success and money. I have so many clients that come in and like, as they're leaving that, that realm of being an employee, this is like, you notice, right? Like employees hang out with employees. Entrepreneurs tend to hang out with other entrepreneurs. And so there's this big, interesting shift, this dynamic when you come out of being an employee, but all of your friends are still employees. And then to watch your brain tell you like who you're supposed to be and are you being delusional or like all of the things just because it's like trying to run the imprints of that belief system of being an employee. They think very differently. And I want to pause and really invite you to do this work for yourself, to not just listen to this episode while you're washing your dishes and then to have it end and go on about your day. Let this episode open portals into your mind that you've never had access to before. Who are you at consistent $10,000 months? Who are you at a million dollar business? What's different, not just about how you show up in your business, but maybe in how you eat your meals, maybe in what you eat. Maybe it's in how you interact with your in-laws. Maybe it's how your experience of something not going the way you wanted or planned for in your business would be different. And to then just consider that anything, any part of yourself, any thought between you and just 100% deeply being that person you identify, that's your work. This work is available to you. The crazy dream you have in your heart is in there for a reason. And that's the only piece that needs to stay on your ship of Theseus. Everything else is up for grabs, board by board, piece by piece, letting go of anything that's creating drag in the water to get where you've decided you're going. It has been such an amazing journey, and it's so hard to believe that I'm really just getting started on my entrepreneurial path. But it was just two years ago literally two years ago, when I was too scared to post a photo of my own face on social media. Now I'm just naked on the internet. Not saying that's something you should aspire to, but I can't believe right? how I used to hide. I used my logo, the logo of the business. Actually, funny story, I didn't even use my name when I first started my business. I was too embarrassed to even own my name. And so I 
went under a different name for my business and I used that logo as my Instagram icon because I was that scared to be visible and seen. And now, as I scale to multiple millions, I feel truly that the more I allow you to see me, the more I allow me to see me, the more powerful I become, the more abundant I become, more money and more inner peace, more money and more meaningful impact in the world, more money and more joy. Anything that tells you differently is just a piece of your ship that you haven't questioned and unloaded. Ship of Theseus, eyes up on where you've decided you're going, and then piece by piece, just replace any piece of your identity, any imprint, creating drag in the water along your journey to the destination. Ashe, and so it is. I'll see you all next week. Hey, are you loving what you're hearing? Do you look forward to waking up every Tuesday to new episodes? Am I your partner in crime when you're driving, taking a walk in your neighborhood, or deep cleaning your house? If so, take 10 seconds right now to rate and review the podcast. It takes all of two seconds to smash some stars and a few more if you want to leave a quick comment. It helps other people find the podcast. And speaking of other people, do you know somebody who's new into entrepreneurship? Do them a favor and send them this podcast. It'll secure your position as the person who always has the best recommendations. And listen, set your calendar alarm for taking this work deeper. The November class of the Think Like an Entrepreneur Mastermind will enroll in September, and I've got a seat with your name on it. To learn more, head to www.katherinemorsoncoaching.com forward slash mastermind, or come hang out with me on Instagram at Catherine Morrison Coaching. I'll see you there.